Texas some boring subjects. Understand the risk to our country. Freedom brings people together. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the program. My name is Chris Spangle. Thank you so much for joining us. Today we're going to talk about, I mean, what everybody else is talking about. What happened at the Capitol? Impeachment? Censorship? How do we get here? Where are we going? What are we doing? I mean, where do we even begin? So we'll, uh, I guess we'll start here. Warning. This show is for adults by semi-adults. So the language is sometimes strong and offensive. Uh, I don't know what I said. Uh. Welcome to the Chris Spangle Show. Our goal is to help you sound smarter while talking to your friends. If you struggle to understand politics, we explain it from an independent libertarian point of view. With all of the irreverence it deserves, we toss out the screaming heads, put people before political parties, and give context to the news to make you think. Now, here's our host, Chris Spangle, a 15-year veteran of politics and media. Thank you for joining us here on the program. Again, my name is Chris Spangle. If you're new to the show and don't know anything about me, you can go to chris-spangle.com to find out my bio, my beliefs, and all my projects and everything. Uh, before we start, I want to thank all of the members of Wall Plus. They are the reason the show and the network exist, and you can support the show by joining us at joinwallplus.com, W-A-L Plus, and learn all the great benefits of subscribing, like commercial-free shows, uh, access to the back catalog, and all kinds of other things. want to thank especially our $100 a month members, John Pusillo, Casey Feldposh, Lors, Lors, I mispronounced his name last week, and now I've mispronounced his his first name. I'm so sorry, Lars Nordskog, Jake Edel, Jake Adele. He's a brand new $100 Mint subscriber, so we uh, really thank him. Matthew Durbin, who's going to join us next week. Jeff Bennett, Reinhold, Christy Avery, and Jason Doolittle. Thank you to every Wall Plus subscriber for keeping the We Are Libertarians podcast network thriving. Needed now more than ever before. Uh, as always, my writer dies on the on the Saturday show here is Harry Price. How are you? You're going to have to unmute yourself, buddy. You know, we're trying to professionalize, but we haven't professionalized. Well, yeah, but yeah, I've got a three-year-old going through the, my hallway right now with, <laughs> their, with their tablet being good. You Toddlers know, like, don't seem to care about either your ra- your radio show or your backseat. They will just mess right. it up. Yeah, I put a sign up. I don't know why she's not reading it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm going good. I'm going good. Uh, and also, Reinhold, how are you? I'm doing well. Um, having a little fun morning, but uh, we're ready to get going. And yeah, there's just so much. Um, and so we we uh, my goal for this show is just to kind of talk through all the things that I have been thinking, and I think a lot of other people are thinking. How did we get here, and what do we do now? Because there seems to have been a tremendous shift in uh, the the conservative side. I mean, there's obviously the people who have doubled down, and uh, they're going to do what they're going to do. But it seems like QAnon, like when Alex, did you guys see Alex Jones talking about QAnon? And basically, I, I, I have to pull it up because... I think it's indicative of QAnon folks are going to end up being the fall guy uh, for for a lot of the violence that took place and hopefully does not take place in the, the coming week. 
and which seems sort of like it's going to happen. Um, let me. I'm trying to find this video uh, where he basically s- says, "You guys are driving me crazy." Um, uh, but w- w- so, anyways, I-, I don't know. Have you guys sensed a shift happening? Yeah, like people are kind a- of waking up from. They're kind of waking up, going, "What the hell did I participate in?" What What I'm seeing most is. Are people who are still who still saying that Trump's a great president and he never did anything wrong? It's just these crazy people over here went too far. This one instance, right? So they're starting to kind of pull back a little bit from that. But I'm not really seeing a lot of tying it to really to Trump from a lot of the the people who have been following him for the past you know five years. Yeah, I mean even Alex Jones. So let's go. Uh, let's go to our correspondent alex and uh here's here's the alex jones one he broke all that we know that i'm saying q tells us stuff and all of its lies is what i'm saying you keep you keep interrupting me because you're lying because you're full of shit that's why because every god thing goddamn thing out of you people's mouths doesn't come true and it's always oh there's energy and oh now we're done with trump you said he was the messiah you said he was invincible you said it was all over they were all going to get mo now oh he's part of a larger thing of q i will not suffer your q people after this i knew what you were day one and i know what you are now and i'm sick of it I'm sick of all these witches and warlocks and pumpkin popsums and everything. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. Bye-bye, Q. I can't talk to you anymore. Jesus Lord, help me. Oh. <laughs> They've broken Alex. They've broken <laughs> Alex Jones. <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. Uh, well, so, and I've talked to a lot of, please mute yourselves, of conservative and libertarian friends some of them in the establishment circles most of them in establishment circles who have kind of gone what did i where am i complicit what did i do i mean and i've had, i've kind of had that feeling too where it's like i definitely was very much a populist libertarian until about the last couple years as i started to kind of watch where populism went i'm like i don't know uh, <laughs> what, what the hell? Uh, and, and, and so now I, I think part of the conversation that I want to have today is how do we move forward? But let's start at the beginning where, how did, how did we get here? How do we get to, I mean, the summer and maybe we start, you know, Harry with technology, because I think that's the place where you, you kind of begin, you know, how do we get to a place where you have riots over the summer, you have riots in the Capitol, you have uh, a complete breakdown of rule of law in our country? Uh, you know, it seems like online may be a good place to start, Harry. Uh, yes, uh, it's but it's a it's a culmination of different things that have just been pushing to it like uh and it's everything has gotten weird. And even if you are paying attention, there's a lot of things that happens that you just don't want to believe. Uh, I, I've been listening to like a certain uh, most of a, a tech podcast called uh, Sovereign Tech, and he's been saying for like the last few months, like you know, like the Mozilla Foundation is not the same foundation. And well, like I didn't believe it. Then the layoffs happened, and I was like, okay, well, things happened. You know, like people are losing money. Stuff is happening. And can you explain Mozilla for those who are technologically challenged? 
All right, so this goes back to when uh, Reinhold probably had his afro in the 90s and uh, <laughs> <laughs> in the browser wars. Uh, the Mozilla Foundation was started to make a free and open browser because a lot of the browsers were – back in the day, you actually had to pay for your web browser. This was something – it was a paid software. Right. The idea of downloading a free web browser, unheard of. Your so AOL like, internet- disks and – yeah. Mm-hmm. Internet Explorer right. it was a web browser, and AOL to most people was their internet, right? Um, which wasn't the internet, and uh, so the uh, the Mozilla Foundation really got started with the idea of like trying to download and make a free browser so people could view the view the internet free and open, and that apparently that that culture there has has got changed in 2020, and as they have started to. They posted a blog post this week talking about uh, uh, as a deplatforming isn't enough. We need to go more. We need to go more into it and go 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 even further. And it is like it, it broke well, what, my heart. What, they, what do they mean by that? Um, one finding out the intent of like putting stuff in there so we can find the intent of ads. Who are buying these ads? Who are uh, why are you being the target of, of certain ads? Which sounded all in good purpose, but it's just more of an idea to uh, get uh, to feed more, just just take more information, right? Grab more information from people and using the browser, and to basically and then have the browser work as a censorship tool. Like, well, we don't like this information, so we're going to get it removed, so your right. browser can view it. Because if you don't think that's happening on the internet, just try a different search engine and search for the exact same thing. Yeah, so- you can even get different search results on Google just by switching the year out. Uh, like search like insurrection and sedition and all that stuff, but rewind the time box back to two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand twelve. Do something else. Don't not this not the last week or two. Right. We we got banned. So I posted this video, and I don't know if it's still on my Facebook, but. Um, I had a conversation with Dan Smotz uh, of the System is Down podcast, and he got completely wiped off of Facebook, and uh, he, he was just kind of explaining why. And, you know, that'll come out in the next week or so. Uh, but I, you know, we he, he was, Dan does a show where he engages in conversation around conspiracy theories, and I don't mean that pejoratively, but he literally... You know, that's what he says, right? Uh, Because he wants to have those uncomfortable conversations. I think people really enjoy hearing that conversation when it comes out. Um, And, you know, that's what I try to do. I'm trying to explain to people that a lot of what's going on, I mean, this is not... I mean, people who invade the Capitol or riot or loot, like, all of these people think that they're being rational actors, right? I mean, in general, I think there are a lot of people who just maybe are misguided by wild beliefs but it's rational to them you know so i try to understand it and uh we i posted this video of i mean frankly it looks like an isis recruiting video once you watch it and this was taken off of youtube and my goal in posting it was not to promote what was coming up uh on the 20th but for people to understand what people on parlor were saying so just I, I don't know if you if there's lyrics or anything, so you may have to switch over to the YouTube version. Um, but for our video audience, check this out. The time for excuses is over. Now is the time for strength. If you want peace, 
you must stand strong at all times. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. Today, you end one chapter, but you are about to begin the greatest adventure of your life. January 20 will be remembered as the day the people became the rulers of this nation again. If the righteous men do not confront the wicked few, then evil will triumph. You came by the tens of millions to become part of a historic movement, the likes of which the world has never seen before. Now we are calling for a great reawakening. When decent people and nations become bystanders to history, the forces of destruction only gather power and strength. This American carnage stops right here and stops right now. Do not underestimate us and do not try us. This would be a fatal miscalculation. Is not which party controls our government, but whether our government is controlled by the people. There should be no fear. We are protected. We will be protected by God. I know that each of you will be a warrior for the truth, will be a warrior for our country and for your family. I know that each of you will do what is right, not what is the easy way. Our answer will be a rebirth of devotion to defeat the enemies of humanity. This is a very different administration than the United States has had in the past. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. Amen. The WWG1A thing, the end there, that little hashtag, where one goes, we all go, is is a, a QAnon catchphrase. And a lot of people ask, well, why is there a, a the Lord's Prayer at the end of that? And I think it's important to understand the psychology of a lot of the QAnon people or the people that are, you know, threatening to show up there's a reason there's 35,000 troops and uh, I got word that uh, FEMA is activating medical personnel like first responders EMTs from places in the Midwest to go to Washington DC the Indiana and Michigan state capitals and and state government in Indiana is closed down next week because of the the threats Uh, and so why well, if you're watching that video unironically, you I think it starts with like Left Behind. Does it do you guys remember the Left Behind series? Yeah. 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 And so the the worldview that a lot of these folks believe in is is a strain of American Christianity that has really focused on Israel. There's you know, uh, Truman felt that by creating Israel, he was initiating the end times. And 
people have been siloed in information uh, bubbles for so many years now that they're just seeing things like that. They're just being fed. It's it's why, you know, where a Franklin Graham, Billy Graham's son will come out and push Christian nationalism like that. Because we have continued to move people off of platforms and into silos, and there's no checking happening. When we were one of the lone voices, it felt like in America, uh, saying, you cannot ban Alex Jones. Censorship will make this problem worse. Since Alex Jones was taken off of platforms two two years ago, is any of this better or is all of it much, much worse? You know, is the violent extremist who was kicked off of Facebook in 2013, is that person more or less radicalized because he's just spent the last seven years in encrypted silos on places like Signal instead of people in his life checking him and saying, you can't do this. And then once you remove Donald Trump, you remove Parler, and there's plenty of conversation between the tension between property rights and free speech that we'll talk about later. Uh, you know, these self... Uh, it's Cass Sunstein wrote a, a great book called Going to Extremes where he talks about group theory, basically. And it's one of the reasons that we do We Are Libertarians the way that we do it. There's Libsock Ryan Lindsay and anarchist Harry and Trisha and whatever the fuck Reinhold is. And, you know, constitutional conservatives like Brian Nichols and Rimzo and a, a broad spectrum, you know. And what, what he talks about in this famous paper and then he expounded upon it in that book is that when you have tension in a group between ideas, you check each other. You you have people, and, and like this one example that he gave was of medical professionals, and they tried to push the stupid people out of the group, and so they became too elite, essentially, to explain things to the regular public because you need like the dumb person in the group or the person that's in the group that asks the obvious question that everybody's thinking about. And... What what I've really tried to do, even though it is sometimes very difficult because we're at each other's throats, um, is to, to have that. We've talked about this a bunch of times, right? Like you've got to have the one person that asks the obvious question. You've got to have the person that is the voice of the listener. You've got to have the person that's taking the position that the Electoral College needs abolished and the person that says that's not the right way. And you keep each other in tension, and that is that is why classical liberalism works because – you don't have to always respect each other, but you do have to be around each other, right? Mm -hmm. Like the three percenter, who is the person in the three percenter's life that is going, this is unacceptable. Why is nobody checking that person? Like I just listened to a podcast this morning with representative Peter Meyer, who replaced Justin Amash and uh, the reporter, Steve Hayes for the dispatch asked him, you know, how many of your colleagues believe this? Because when I talk to my sources, like a dozen congressmen actually believe that the election was stolen and that any of this is going on. They're all lying to you. Well, why, why is that? Because they're afraid to check their own side. They're, they're willing to let the other side be the fall guy, right? So like once we get to this point, we have to ask ourselves, who are the people in our lives that we didn't check three years ago because it was uncomfortable? Who are the people that we should have said and spoke up to before the consequences of doing so became so great? 
and that's part of what I'm wondering is, is the liberal media completely left? Like, is the mainstream media like the New York Times and CNN biased towards the left? There's absolutely zero disputing that, right? But how many times have I personally used the media or pretended that the government is some Borg intent on enslavement to make a point to get you to think a certain way about libertarianism? And did I contribute a a, a psychology that now has a large percentage of our country thinking that if Donald Trump is not president, they will be lined up against a concrete wall and killed? And conversely, as Harry is saying, in these big tech companies, they think they're doing the right thing by stopping the complete eradication of people of color. I mean, like, if you sit and talk to people on the other side, you know, you you realize, like, I just want you to leave me alone. And I want you to respect my right to life and my right to be un unencumbered. Uh, I want to self-actualize without you forcing your worldview on me. You know, it, it, that's what people are really after. And instead of trying to talk to one another and get to that place where we respect each other's opinions, we now view everything as a, an imperative. Because if I don't get the gun before you, you're going to kill me. So I got to kill you first. Like here is a person that probably self-identified at some point as a libertarian. Uh, this is a banned account on Twitter. Um, I was talking to one host, and they're like, yeah, we, we're, we're speaking in code because we don't want to get banned from these platforms. I'm like, here's Alex Jones, and here's a, a MAGA propaganda video, and here's a bandit. <laughs> but I think it's important to understand. So paleoconservatives rising. I used to be a libertarian. I believed in the idea of granting the left the freedom to do whatever they want, so long as they left me alone. But then I realized they would never leave me alone and would never extend to me the same freedoms I had extended to them. Well, where's the natural rights tradition in any of that, right? The rights don't come from you. You're saying I'm because I'm a violent person restraining myself, I'm allowing those other people to live. And if they don't allow me to live, I'm going to kill them. I mean, that's how I read the subtext in that, Dennis. Well, the the one thing to think about on that, too, is what he's saying is being left alone, and they're not being left alone. That's not the same thing as saying that they're trying to violate his rights. What he's basically saying in that is that what I find in a lot of the people on the right or a lot of people who espouse this type of thinking is that they think that liberty means I can do what I want to do and nobody can tell me to stop it, nobody can say I'm wrong, leave me alone, and just uh, let everybody be and quit talking about it. And that's not how society works. Society is and culture are always interwoven between how we interact with each other and how we uh, live with each other and how we, you know, get through the day experiencing, in, you know, interactions. And a lot of people just want to be like isolationist and nobody talk to them, nobody come near them unless they want them to be. Uh, quit telling me that I'm wrong about this. Quit telling me I'm wrong about that. That's what they're really upset about. Not, uh, you know, they conflate that with they're trying to take my rights away by telling me that I'm wrong. When in reality, all they're doing, you know, is giving their opinion on your opinion. Uh, 
So I don't know. I think I think that's where I see a lot of a lot of thinking coming from that type of person and what they're really trying to say in that in that statement. Yeah, Harry. Well, like uh, I'd like to go back to the like the statement of uh, Ernest Hancock. There's two types of people in the world: those who want to be left alone and those who won't leave you alone. Yes, um, certain people uh, believe they can run your life better than you can, and for a time being, that's what people uh, people have to understand. The government is to stop people from using that force of gun to use you. That's the that's the main thing which the good best use of government for. But everyone gets that ring of power, and they feel like I can now tell the other person how to live their life. And it be, has become such a violent game with these people that it has gotten to those type of extremes. It is um, going back to also your silo comment. I think the uh, the way like uh, the social media has done to people, like the this great idea that was supposed to bring everyone's and ideas and up to everyone, and but then um, the algorithm started to push more and more people into different circles and feeding different things. Like Facebook is one of the most egregious ones that do that because the way their algorithm was going after people, it made sure you only talk to people in your in group and then they forced you into groups. So you would only talk and communicate in your groups and it yeah. forged those people that, and it helped that othering. Like I'm going to help these people, but they won't them, they over there, they right. won't do they would do this for it's the demonization. What I see so often on our circles is the demonization of the left, as if mm-hmm. the left and people who are Democrats are, you know, the, the, the Borg and they're coming to eradicate you and they have magical powers where they can switch servers like the 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 QAnon effect is, you know, has has bled into con- traditional conservative media now. You know, where you've got Rush Limbaugh talking about the magical powers of the left and how they can do all these amazing things. Um, I I will uh, say uh, someone asked, what is a three percenter? And Jackie responds, this three percent myth is born out of the claim that only 80,000 people served in the Continental Army and militia during the war. And the three percenters are militia, a modern militia, essentially a network of very well-armed people in tactical gear standing outside of your Capitol building in three days. And those people largely have not been on social media. As I may have said last week, like what people need to understand is that the problem is not seen by you on your traditional network. The violent people, and this is, uh, 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 again, in-group, out-group thinking, right? People will say... The violence of the right is a problem or the violence of the left is the problem. And what they're talking about is those 13 Antifa people throwing a brick into a property building or the 3000 people that stormed into the Capitol. And because of what's called coalitional instinct, the 47 percent of voters that voted for Donald Trump feel that they need to protect that 3,000-person group or the rioter uh, who is destroying property in the summer, they feel, we feel the need to, to fight against the other side now by saying, but the left, right? That's completely lacking in courage. You're either for violence or you're not. Say it loud and proud. No qualifiers. No but the left. No but the media. You're for it or against it because when you go... I'm against it, but 
It's it's like Michael Malice always said, the lie in a statement that includes a political statement that includes but, the lie is before the but, right? So don't give me but the left or but the media. I want to know where you stand. Because once you start telling people where you stand, they start going, oh, this behavior is not okay. And what you have to understand about the government is that it is full of pussies. I've said it so many times. The government, like the, the left myth, is that the government is not some amorphous Borg who is coming to eradicate you. You know, we've talked so many times about the security state, and the security state is too large and needs to be completely dismantled. I agree with Edward Snowden. I supported Edward Snowden completely. They, they are begging us to turn in neighbors for people who invaded the Capitol. The Capitol. So how big is this giant machine that is coming to kill you when they didn't have apparently the warnings that the Capitol was about to be invaded and they don't know who did it and they have the only way they can find out is that they're scanning that they're begging people on television to turn in their neighbors and asking for help. That sounds like regular normal police work from 1973 to me. Uh, And so I think we have to look at some of these events and check reality with our rhetoric because the rhetoric has become completely detached from reality. And so is the government an enormous oppressor of liberties in this country? Absolutely. Is it an all-powerful Borg that needs to be eradicated? Well, what does that mean? That means that you're willing to take the rights to life of thousands of people? And who's going to commit that violence? Are you the one showing up with the noose, or are you going to outsource that violence to someone else? And have you not adopted the Marxist ideology of oppressor versus oppressed? And I need to oppress them before they oppress me, and so therefore we need to eradicate them. There are many libertarians who are making very Marxist arguments and supporting outsourcing violence and becoming the thing that we stand against. So where are the principles at? Where do we stand? We stand against violence. The non-aggression principle is not pacifism. When somebody violates your rights, you fight back, right? But do you really want to live in a world where you're watching Mike Pence and Nancy Pelosi hung on national television, and then the counter-reaction is destroying encryption and further violence and tit-for-tat and tit-for-tat? You know, when, when Rittenhouse said it's, it's, it's not that people didn't have the right to defend the property that Rittenhouse was standing in front of, but is that the world that you want to live in? Because it's only, only going to get worse. And it's not going to stop from here unless everybody on each side chooses to de-escalate and stop dehumanizing. And that's the choice that you have to make. I mean, you know, the FBI has, Harry, been out for encryption for 10 years. We talked about this show for years, how they want to destroy encryption. We cannot give them a reason to do it because violence takes away rights. And we have a choice. Like... When the, guy, when the government takes away encryption, it will be completely wrong. It will be completely immoral. It will be completely destructive. It will be counter to, to liberty. And we have a choice whether or not to participate in the action that will. In, in the coming days, there are a lot of... I, I got a, a, a weird message from a former co-host. Longtime listeners will know exactly which one. That... I should take their name off of everything for my own good. Like, 
you're you're the problem. You're mm-hmm. just as much of a problem as the government. You know, like if you're going to go out and hurt people on uh, on inauguration day, that's just some person who felt that they were trying to make a difference in public service and have these like bright eyed bushy. It's like talking to cops. Like most cops don't go in to just beat up black people and demean communities of color and and participate in locking people up for victimless crimes. It takes them years to realize what they're doing and walk away from it, right? And, and their, their position becomes harder when violence is used against them. They go, well, if these people are just going to kill me, I'll kill them back. Like, at what point are we going to stop that cycle? Like, and that's, I just beg people, if, if you're listening to this show, uh, and thinking about attending any kind of protest in the coming week, just skip it because you're not going to be violent. I promise most people who showed up to the Capitol, like J.D. and Luke, were not going to be violent. But once you get there, there are violent people there with bad intentions who intend to use your presence to do bad things, to justify their behavior. Don't enable them. That's what happened in the summer. That's what happened at the Capitol. It's what will happen at these protests coming up. We shouldn't criminalize protests, but let's be smart about this. You know, it's it's just, uh, it's disheartening to see so many people completely miss the point and go the wrong direction, Harry. Right. Uh, it's, it is something that we have, like, especially the people in, like, in tech spaces have been watching people come after encryption or just different things so people can be free and use the internet to be able to communicate with other people. Um, it's, don't get me wrong, social media, to be able to communicate with someone online has been a beautiful and amazing thing. I think a lot of these tech companies, these tech giants have twisted this this ability and it is dr- driving us insane. And I think the lockdowns of the pandemic has just only... I think it amplified it. It has made it go faster and has gotten to this point where it has just like just compressed it Um, because before you you were absolutely right. Like that person checking that three percenter, they probably saw him at work. You probably saw him at the bar, you know, like, hey, man, do you see this QAnon? Like, like, like they're probably sitting at the bowling. I'm like, nah, bro, put that down. Let me show you something else, you know, but. Most people, most people who get into a cult don't intend to get into a cult. You know, most Mm -hmm. people who most people don't want to get initiated into a gang. They do it because they're lonely or they're looking for some meaning or they're looking for self-protection. And so if you don't want people to fall into lifestyles that are violent, then you yourself have to be part of the solution. So they have an alternative. Mm hmm. You, they have this other other alternatives, and now because of this, this knee jerk reaction that and people are can be legitimately afraid because watching riots like that happening on TV at where it is and at the timing that it was is can be very scary. The problem is I'm seeing this knee jerk reaction on not allowing these people to come back from the cult, which pushes them further deeper into it. I love that like one thing that Chris is always about, and a lot of people in the Liberty Movement uh, are like. Ha- giving you the path back you see that dark road you know that this is how you come back i will communicate with you and come back you're yeah. allowed to come back you know once you've denounced you saw what you did come back it's okay wake up from the stupor saw say admit what has happened and come back 
you know it but you're not not allowing the ability makes people double down fine then fine then i, I yeah. will go down to the 20th and i'm just gonna die because i can't go back i already lost my job i lost everything I'm like no 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 you can get another job you haven't lost your friends come on come back come yeah back. what is what is driving the paranoia harry uh, i mean reinhold is people feel that they are being the under the the psychology of the Q person or the more radical people on the right that are involved in this movement, their psychology is that they've, they've been fed this diet of it's us versus them. It's us versus them. They're the enemy. They're out to get you. We need to fight like the left does, because if you don't, they're coming to get you. They have all of the institutions, the, the cathedral is coming to take your life away from you. They're going to eradicate you from society. They're going to steal your business. They're going to – and here's the thing with a lot of this rhetoric, just like Harry said. When somebody tells you who they are, listen to them. Somebody tells you that they're coming to blow up your Capitol building, listen to them. If big tech tells you that they don't want you on their platform, listen to them. You know, If a browser says, I don't want you visiting websites and I'm going to censor you, listen to them. Go find alternatives. Start working towards alternatives because people who are – censorship always backfires – you know, in their mind, Joe Biden taking over is going to be the takeover. It is going to be the end. It will be the final installation of what Barack Obama started with socialism. And under socialism, they're going to be the ones that are killed because they're the dissenters. They're, they've been stocking up on lots of Solzhenitsyn. The, you know, they're going to be eradicated, and the proof is in the little tells, like Ben Shapiro's not allowed to be in Politico, and you know, T-shirt stores that sell American flag T-shirts are removed from Facebook. And I'm constantly saying to my left friends, like, you got to stop it. Your sensorial impulses feed that fire. It feeds the true believers. You're you're part of the problem. You're not part of the solution. You are not helping. Um, but I don't, you know, the people who take advantage of people that feel like they're being overwhelmed and taken over, they go. And then I'm not, not, not for nothing. A lot of these people, like one of the guys arrested said, you know, I, I voted for Trump. I'm a Trump supporter, but I came here to kill Mike Pence because he eats babies. You know, he, he takes children and kill, he's part of the adrenochrome stuff, right? Like they've dehumanized politicians to the point that they literally think that they're eating children en masse, right? So in the religious zealot's mind, how are they not meeting out, meeting out justice, by going and killing someone who has significant authority and, by the way, harms kids, right? Like, that, I, I don't know how we get those people back, but I know that treating them like crap and like they're stupid is not going to really work. And feeding into the fear isn't going to work. I mean, I, how, do we, how do we reach those people here, uh, Reinhold? Um, well, see, the problem is, is that they've been propagandized to so much through the elements of fear and hate that those emotions are much more powerful and easier to tap into than logic and reason, right? And rationality. That's, that's how propagandists work is they know how, which emotions and how to get to you. And they will push those buttons that everybody has. So people have to learn to, to build defenses up against it. And a lot of these people don't have that. How do we reach back out to them and get them to come back to the sane world, as it were? 
that's hard to, it's hard to say. I mean, we, I think we really need to have some sort of shared, um, agreement of knowledge and what is reality and what is truth and what is fiction. And what I've been seeing is such a, an attack on those institutions that actually do provide that knowledge. Uh, they may be left leaning and they may be right leaning, but at least they're trying. They're somewhere in the center and they're trying to put out what they feel is the truth. And we all can kind of check each other and agree upon it. But as soon as you take that away and you say, I don't trust that at all, then you can build up your own silos of truth, which are different realities. And then you can control which, what people think. Right. You, you can control what people think by, you know, telling them that the fake news is, is not to be listened to. Listen to me. I'm the one with the truth. And then people start creating these in-groups where they believe that they are the ones who are the real knowledgeable ones, the red-pilled. We have the internal knowledge. And you must agree with us in order to get a hold of that knowledge. And if not, you're just uh, dumb listening to the the uh, the liars and, and they're trying to manipulate you and they're trying to turn you to Marxism. And uh, you, I just see it all the time and I don't know how you stop it other than just continually having the conversation. And my, I don't understand how Q is still a thing. For years, he has said so many things that have turned out to be completely false, and people still believe him. There's a right? great no. uh, there's a great podcast. I think it's called Q Anonymous that people should check out. That's got like it's a podcast that kind of documents all this stuff. If you want to understand, then that is a great place to start. I mean, I mean the the guy who leads Q about things that. The guy who runs Q, isn't he the, uh, his name is, uh, is it Jim Watkins? Is this the guy? Yeah, this is the guy. So let me show you. Um, stop screen. So this is QAnon here. Uh, Jim Watkins. And Jim Watkins is an American businessman. He runs, an, he ran 8chan, 8con. Uh, he is one of the people behind the conspiracy theory. Here's our man here, Jim Watkins. You know, there's, uh, I think he lives in the Philippines, former army vet. Um, you know, you can go, just go check out. He lives, yeah, he lives in the Philippines, stayed there. There's another guy who I think is in Japan that's a former screenwriter. Like, people have dug so deep into the QAnon stuff that they, uh, they're, they know who it is, right? Uh, and I, you know, the, there are people who have a vested interest in kind of exploiting that. And, like, someone like the Epic Times is one of those people. Well, why? So a cult runs the Epic Times, the Falun Gong cult. And on the surface, it seems harmless. They're anti-communist China. They're anti-CCP, which we are too. So we're like, of course, great. The CCP is bad. Why? Why would we want to support the enemy of our enemy is our friend, right? Well, so it was founded in 1992, Falun Gong, and it has a new age belief system, and it combines meditation and Qui Gong uh, exercises with a moral philosophy. And the practice of Falun Gong emphasizes morality and the cultivation of virtue, and it's basically a Buddhist cult. And 
this guy, Lee Hongzai, moved to New York, built this 400-acre compound up in, up in New York. He was born in China. He became a permanent resident in 98. Now, we don't know much about him. Other, uh, all that we know about like the leader of the Falun Gong cult is that he is basically either hagiography, which is praise from cult members, or from the Chinese government, and neither seem to be good sources. Um, so he's either a virtuous man from a long line of holy men, or he's just a complete phony. Um, now, I, I read a book called The Cults and Our Myths, and there, there are families of the adherents that of two Falun Gong that they're encouraged to basically disconnect from their family. It's a lot of traditional cult tactics. You know, when families do speak to their loved ones, they're met with strings of sayings by Lee. Lee has declared himself to be above normal mortals, an enlightened being who has assumed human form to walk the earth and offer salvation or consummation to his disciples. Leaders in the group that Master Lee is omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent. He can see the future and heal the sick. He can fly on and off earth, and he has supernatural qualities. And as evidenced by the Epic Times and their reporting on vaccines, they have beliefs similar to uh, what this cult believes. The the anti-vax movement and the Epic Times and Falun Gong have a lot in common. Um, The Cults in Our Mist book says... One particular worry some relatives have is that their kin may be termi- may have terminated needed medical treatment for serious disorders because Falun Gong strongly discourages going to a doctor. Followers believe that the practice and the belief can prevent illness by helping them reach higher levels. You know, Lee, the leader of the Falun Gong cult who runs the Epic Times, said the moon is hollow and was created by prehistoric humans. There is a large-scale nuclear reactor built on Earth 2 billion years ago, which operated for 500,000 years. The pyramids were not built by the Egyptians. There are people who live in the sea and look like us, but with gills. Some of us will be able to go to a higher plane, but many won't. Those who are left behind will become more and more corrupt, and there's no way out for them but to be annihilated lest they pollute the Earth. Aliens have come from other planets to invade the human mind and corrupt mankind. Now... The author of this book continues, Personally, I have no doubt that Falun Gong has many of the characteristics of a true cult, including utter obedience to a charismatic leader through coercive thought control, financial exploitation of its followers, a doomsday prediction that promises salvation only through total obedience and subservience to the cult leader, and zero tolerance for dissent, and a very strict organization from which it is difficult to escape. So that brings us to the Epic Times. What is that? It was launched in 2000 in a basement by a Georgia graduate student named John Tang and other members of the cult because they wanted to shed light on the repression of their beliefs by the Communist Party of China. And it's banned in China. It's expanded to multiple countries. Uh, I ran across it in the COVID area with their daily news program, and I mentioned it several times. China Daily, there's lots of good little nuggets about what's happening in China, and uh, they were really good in, like, reporting of, like, here's the video. Now I look back and I go, how much of that was true or not true, right? <laughs> like, Because I didn't really know the, the belief system of these folks. Now, until 2016, Falun Gong and the Epic Times avoided American politics. They just really talked about all this stuff. Then they became the second largest advertiser of pro-Trump causes on Facebook after the campaign launched in 2016. And their businesses boomed as a result of it. 
NBC reports uh, uh, appears to occur alongside the 2017 arrival of the new vice president at the Epic Times, Chris Kites, and a huge jump in the paper's revenue. So in 2016, they made $3.8 million. 2017, they made $8.1 million. In 2018, they made $12 million. So once they get into politics, they increase by nearly $10 million in revenue. They've also gotten funding from Robert Mercer, who funded Breitbart and other right-wing publications. Now, who is Kites? He runs a crypto hedge fund. He ran before its news, if you remember before its news. And it's heyday. It was in league with Infowars and Natural News. In other words, if you shared one of their links, the old system of moderation would kick in. Your friends would go, hey, you're being crazy. You should delete this post before everybody thinks you're a nut. You know, that was a much more effective system of censorship with social pressure and self-policing than whatever Facebook and Twitter are trying to do now. Um, so it begs the question, if you've got somebody who is investing in the platform that is extremely pro-Trump, that funds Breitbart, and it's run by a guy who runs before it's news, and it's backed by followers of people who believe that you know, the moon is hollow and there was there are people in the ocean with gills. The truth is being hidden from you. Why is the Epic Times a better source of news than the Washington Post? They have a financial interest in making sure that Trump is reelected and that he is in power. Because they've made a tremendous amount of money thanks to Donald Trump. They make a lot of money advertising to people who are sympathetic to their cause, who think that hospitals are going to kill you and your family and they're going to kill children with vaccines. You know, this year, I think more than any other has kind of shown the peril and promise of media and alternative media. And you, you, I mean, I will allow some time for uh, Dennis to rant about Glenn Greenwald, but you know, why Why should we trust Alex Jones, who admits on air all the time when I listen to him that he has a drinking problem, or the Epic Times that has these wacky beliefs? Why are they a better source of information about what happened at the Capitol or of medical issues than the New York Times quoting experts, right? Like, why do we not apply the same skeptical eye to these independent media figures that we do to the mainstream media? The media that we pay attention, like the idea that the cathedral and that that mainstream media is all controlling is belied by the fact that half the country didn't think and still probably doesn't think the coronavirus is real. Right. Like it's not 2002 anymore where you had off in the darkness Noam Chomsky writing books about like media control or manufacturing consent where you had to try really hard to find alternative information about yellow cake and Iraq. You know, alternative information is everywhere and it's never been easier to find. And that is great. That's how it should be. But like we as consumers need to be aware of what we're consuming and how that works and who's behind it. And what is, what is the goal of the person that is giving us this piece of information? I have a bias. I have a very clear bias. You understand exactly where I stand. I try to be polite about it, but you know where I stand. You know what I believe, right? Like people who listen to this show understand like the reviews, go check out our Facebook or our Apple reviews. Sometimes it's very obvious who listens to this show and understands exactly what I think and what Den, or what Reinhold and Harry think. 
versus the people who don't listen to this show, don't know anything about me, and just go off of what they've been told to think about this show, right? It's very obvious who listens and who doesn't because the people who are critical of this show have a vested interest in you not listening to me. Why? Because I'll ruin it for their grift. I'll ruin it for them. You might start to think for yourself, <laughs> and you can't have that. We need to control you by telling you who is appropriate information to listen to or not. You know, and so there's a couple. Uh, that, that that's really kind of like where we get to Q. And so we've been, you know, we were going to talk a lot about like Trump's complicity, but like I honestly never want to mention the man's name again. I want to move on from all of this. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Like we're, I'm, 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 I'm going to be publishing more shows because I want to talk about first principles. I just don't want to talk about that guy anymore. I want him to stop putting him in our face. Um, but there's no doubt that the man and the people that support him, that enable him and they have unleashed something that they no longer even control. You know, it, it came out yesterday that there's some, chatter albeit from the huffington post but um they're they're in all of these you know all these liberal groups are kind of watching what's going on in a lot of the uh the pro-trump chat rooms and these people are getting disaffected with trump himself you know they're saying things like Trump isn't our guy. Trump is nothing without his supporters. Seriously hoping they'll lock him up. Trump betrayed his base. He's trying to save his own ass. A fucking sellout. My faith in Trump ended today. You know, uh, we tweeted out that link. You can go check that out on the We Are Libertarians Twitter feed. They're the religious zealots, and I'm not talking about the 47 percent of people that voted for Trump or the 50 percent of this country that tends to lean right or the the people that are in establishment Republican circles or even just your random libertarian dude who kind of likes conspiracy theories. I don't think you're one of these Q people. I don't think you're an armed militiaman ready to invade a state capital. I'm not talking about you. Most people are not talking about you. You know, when people are talking about white supremacists, they're not talking about you. And this is a distinction that you need to understand. They're talking about the white supremacists that were actually there standing around in T-shirts like this. Like this guy's T-shirt says, Camp Auschwitz, work brings freedom. He's standing outside of the Capitol surrounded by MAGA people. How many people walked by this guy and didn't blink an eye or check him or the ire that people have for the group that isn't participating in the really bad stuff? You get it because you don't check that guy and you don't say to that guy, you're not part of our team. It's the enablement. It's the but the left stuff. It's it's but it's the same impulse that the right was great about checking Joe Biden on this summer. Where are you at? Where do you stand? Where's your statement? Atlanta Mayor Alicia Bottoms, where are you at? Where are you at? We want to know where you stand. Well, the same pressure is being applied to you, and you don't like it because you don't want to say, I am, I'm, a, I'm really kind of okay with this guy because I think they're coming to get me, and I need them to fight for me and be the vanguard because I don't want to actually have to go out and shoot anybody. 
So I'm a little okay but, with but their violence. You, don't you get it? That That's just a joke. <laughs> Why can't people just have jokes these days? Right? <laughs> right. And that's what you hear all the time is like, well, he's just being funny. It's just a joke. He doesn't really mean it. Right. By the way, the back of that shirt said staff on it, but that was the other part of the Right. It's probably just thing. a joke, but would 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 regular people like No, but that's that's the thing. I get that I constantly all the time where there was somebody I called out because they had um they were a member of a certain caucus. Um and they had a picture on their profile that had a Pinochet joke, you know. Right. So he's dropping somebody from a helicopter. I'm like and I'm getting yelled at because I'm calling it out because they're saying he's just making a joke. Why are you taking it so seriously? You're the problem. And I'm right. Like, this this is what we're showing people. Not everybody's going to see that as a joke. It's signaling to people who believe that stuff. And you have to be careful with that. You know, not you can't just throw off everything that you don't like um or you see that that is a problem or in, any negative feedback that you get. You can't just say it's just a joke. Man. Not yeah, I mean where where people people are not calling all Republicans terrorists. They are saying we need your help in stopping the terrorists. Right? Like that's what people need to get. Like and you know we're hitting it right when Darla is in the comment section on YouTube agreeing with everything we're saying. Like when Darla like you know, and this is where whatever disagreements we may have with many of our paleo friends like Violence isn't a, a, an acceptable tool for social or political change. You know, like, Darla, I'm totally with you. Yeah, I'm tired of Trump, too, Darla says, even though I'm dreading Democrats having f- full control. I am, too. These QAnon people just lost four Senate seats for Republicans. And Donald Trump would have walked to elections. had he, Did you guys see the uh, Trump's actual speech that he gave? That it... it, it Harry, did you see it? Well, what the one of the Capitol? Uh, the one that he gave, like right after, like four days after the violence. Hello, Here, let me show it to you. I want to speak to you tonight about the troubling events of the past week. As I have said, the incursion of the U.S. Capitol struck at the very heart of our republic. It angered and appalled millions of Americans across the political spectrum. I want to be very clear. I unequivocally condemn the violence that we saw last week. Violence and vandalism have absolutely no place in our country and no place in our movement. Making America great again has always been about defending the rule of law, supporting the men and women of law enforcement, and upholding our nation's most sacred traditions and values. Mob violence goes against everything I believe in, and everything our movement stands for. No true supporter of mine could ever endorse political violence. No true supporter of mine could ever disrespect law enforcement or our great American flag. No true supporter of mine could ever threaten or harass their fellow Americans. If you do any of these things, you are not supporting our movement. You are attacking it. And you are attacking our country. We cannot tolerate it. Tragically, over the course of the past year, made so difficult because of COVID-19, we have seen political violence spiral out of control. We have seen too many riots, too many mobs, too many acts of intimidation and destruction. 
it must stop. Whether you are on the right or on the left, a Democrat or a Republican, there is never a justification for violence. No excuses, no exceptions. America is a nation of laws. Those who engaged in the attacks last week will be brought to justice. Now I am asking everyone who has ever believed in our agenda to be thinking of ways to ease tensions, calm tempers, and help to promote peace in our country. There has been reporting that additional demonstrations are being planned in the coming days, both here in Washington and across the country. I have been briefed by the U.S. Secret Service on the potential threats. Every American deserves to have their voice heard in a respectful and peaceful way. That is your First Amendment right. But I cannot emphasize that there must be no violence, no law-breaking, and no vandalism of any kind. Everyone must follow our laws and obey the instructions of law enforcement. I have directed Federal agencies to use all necessary resources to maintain order. In Washington, D.C., we are bringing in thousands of National Guard members to secure the city and ensure that a transition can occur safely and without incident. Like all of you, I was shocked and deeply saddened by the calamity at the Capitol last week. I want to thank the hundreds of millions of incredible American citizens who have responded to this moment with calm, moderation, and grace. We will get through this challenge just like we always do. He then I goes, also want to say He then goes on to, to rant against uh, big media. I mean, now listen. Is there someone on the other side of that camera like Ivanka with a gun pointed at his face saying you need to say these things? Of course. Does he believe it? I have no idea. That was his best speech as president. And it was the speech that he should have given. Hold on. He should have given before he invited all of those people to the rally. And like what you have to understand about that rally is Mike Flynn, head of QAnon, essentially, goes and visits the president. And then the drumbeat for this January 6th thing starts. Like, even in Georgia, when he gave a speech, the password to the Wi-Fi was see you January 6th, right? So the whole thing was we need to fight like the left does. We played all that last week, right? There's tons of articles and everything. You can find it at chrisspangle.com. Sign up there. If you're a Wall Plus member, you get that exclusive newsletter, that private newsletter for for your subscription, or you can sign up at chrisspangle.com. Where I outline kind of like, here's the timeline, right? Here's some examples of how Trump was complicit in what happened on January 6th and how he has influenced people. Um, he should have been using that influence, given that speech, for the last four years. He should have been that guy for the last four years. He should have been that way for the last four years. And Donald Trump would be reelected with a landslide victory because the economy is so good and people love money more than they love anything else in the world. And there would be four senators. And so when Joe Biden starts doing all of this insane crap, like suggesting canceling student loans and transferring the, the, the middle class wealth 
uh, uh, as paid for by people who make $18,000 a year and $2 trillion stimulus bills and the Republicans start wailing about it, I go, you're partly complicit. You enabled that man to be the way that he was for four years instead of forcing him to be the guy that we just saw in that video. And that's what I've been saying. It's not Trump derangement syndrome. It's being pissed off, knowing the consequences of the crazy. More consequences of the crazy. Let's, let's show you some of the consequences of the crazy. I think this is one of the uh, saddest, most chilling videos that, to come out of this, and it's an interview with the guys that were there. Uh, by the way, the videos that we showed you, those are still up last week from our people, but like mob videos have all been taken down. So insane for these social media companies to take the videos of the violence down the summer or now. Social media wants to erase politics from their platform for their bottom line. But they, they also want to do it so we will be comfortable, so we will continue to use the platform. People need to stop being comfortable. They need to see what's going on. They need to understand the consequences of their beliefs. This is another one of the consequences of those beliefs. It is an interview with the officers that we saw in some of those videos. USA! 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 In last week's deadly coup attempt at the U.S. Capitol, a pro-Trump mob swarmed the building, outnumbering and battling police officers fighting to defend it. It was difficult to, uh, to offer any resistance when you're only about 30. This is uh, Officer Michael Fanone. Uh, by the way, this was a CNN report. It was difficult to, uh, to offer any resistance when you're only about 30 guys going up against 15,000. D.C. Metro Police Officer Michael Fanone was in this group of officers at the west front entrance of the Capitol as rioters forced their way in. They eventually push him out into the crowd where Fanone says he was tasered several times. While trapped, the 40-year-old says he thought about using his gun to fight back. Some guys started getting a hold of my gun, and uh, they were screaming out, um, you know, kill him with his own gun. Um, at that point, you know, it was just like self-preservation. Um, you know, how do I survive this situation? And I thought about, you know, using deadly force. I thought about shooting people. Um, and then I, I just came to the conclusion that, you know, if I was to do that, you know, I might get a few, but I'm not going to take everybody, and uh, they'll probably take my gun away from me, and that would definitely give them the justification that they were looking for to kill me uh, if they already didn't have made that up in their minds. Uh, so the other option I thought of was, you know, try to appeal to somebody's humanity. Um, and I, I just remember yelling out that I have kids, and uh, it seemed to work. Um, some people in the crowd started to encircle me and try to offer me some level of protection. A lot of people have asked me, you know, my thoughts on uh, the individuals in the crowd that, um, you know, that helped me uh, or, or tried to offer some assistance. Uh, and I, I think kind of the conclusion I've come to is like, you know, thank you, but f for being there. This horrifying video shows the moment the violent mob storms into a tunnel of the building, <laughs> trapping and crushing D.C. Metro police officer Daniel Hodges by a door. There was a guy ripping my mask off, and he uh, he, was, he was able to rip away my baton and beat me with it, and, um, you know, he was practically foaming at the mouth. <laughs> 
So just these people were true believers in the worst way. Mm-hmm. When things were looking bad, you know, obviously I was calling out for all I was worth, and um, an officer behind me was able to get give me enough room to pull me out of there, and they, they brought me to the rear, so I was able to uh, execrate myself. Hodges miraculously leaving the attack without any major injuries, saying he was shocked. Some rioters thought authorities would be on their side. The cognitive dissonance and the, uh, the zealotry of these people is unreal. You know, they were waving the thin blue line flag and telling us, you know, we're not your enemies while they were attacking us and, uh, you know, kill one of us. Some of them felt like like we would be quick, fa- like some of them felt like we would be fast friends because they were, they've been, so many of them have been vocal or at least virtue signaling their support for the police over the past year. They said, they say things like, you know, we've been supporting you through all this Black Lives Matter stuff. You should have our back. And uh, they felt, like, entitled. They felt like they would just walk up there and tell us that they're here to uh, take back Congress, and we would agree with them, and we'd walk in hand-in-hand and just take over the nation. But obviously that that was not the case, and it will never be the case. The insurrectionists even using unusual means in their efforts to break into the most secure areas of the U.S. Capitol building. The individuals were pushing, shoving officers, hitting officers. Um, they were spraying us with what we were are calling bear, it's essentially bear mace. It was two to three hours of, you know, heroism and bravery from these officers. I mean, the, the, the violence that they, you know, were, I mean, they were getting hit with metal objects, metal poles. I remember seeing pitchforks. Um, you know, they're getting sprayed, knocked down. And I remember, you know, just reinforcements, just officers pulling officers back to, to, to heal up and, and, you know, them stepping in to get to the front line. And then they go down and then, you know, more officers step in. So here, um, right behind me is muffins in the video. But here in the video is my pitchfork. And it is always, you know, back here in the corner. I keep it right here. I bought this pitchfork at an antique mall, Gillies in Plainfield, to take to the We Surround Them Glenn Beck event in 2011? 2009? I looked like an absolute nut job walking in with this. The organizers were like, what are you doing? But I was a nut job. (laughs) And... I never thought that people would actually, like, take a pitchfork and, like, try to stab somebody in the eye with it, but, I mean, Harry, over the years, you've done uh, the second most amount of podcasts on this show than than uh, than Greg has. You're fast approaching beating his record. I mean, how much of the symbolism and the the bullshit, like, people go, well, those are, those are them. Like, those are people made their choices. Like, they... You know, those you're not complicit in any of this. But like what what did we contribute? Anything? Like should we have not been so hard-headed on like the but the left but the media stuff? Like have you thought anything about that? The one thing I've, I've always thought about, like, is uh, one, uh, I think you're nut job with or without that and um, the pitchfork. But yeah, the I think w- one thing we did do is talk about just like uh, 
what not to bring to a rally, like this goofy sign, tell point these people out because if you have a liberty event, they're going to find the worst person with the worst sign. You see that every time the LP does something, it's all right, we're gonna find the goofy guy with the goofy that looks goofy with the with, with the goofy sign. We're gonna find the guy with the stars and bar banner right there. Like he just pulled they just came out of you know, you pulled it off the top of his general Lee at home and we're gonna make sure this guy's all front and center. I think we all understand that type of symbolism that like that is bad for optics i think uh the one term that uh, a lot of the shows i've been watching too always talks about uh the uh we're possibly entering like this goofy fifth generational warfare when it comes to politics in this country so like a lot of the uh, a lot of that stuff does matter and it and it does because you can get people to completely turn your way from your cause uh because you showed up looking like a crazy person with that and good for those like those people at that protest at rally that just showed up with a freaking pitchfork and said hey that that's a bad look because it is and and it is technically you are bringing what could be used later on as a weapon to a protest um that and just like the tactics that the left would use which is they would bring what they would show as a sign but underneath that sign is a two by four and it later is a weapon um which doesn't get called out enough and but if you notice the how that wasn't a whataboutism how i denigrated and said like that i didn't say a but i just denigrated it and then moved on and denigrated you and generated something else it's perfectly both to be both can be bad it's okay yeah when you look at libertarianism and the way that we've sort of messaged and some of the stuff that we've talked about the way that we've talked about things reinhold like what have what have some of been some of the things that you've reflected on over the last week? You, not you. Now I don't want to hear anything about them. I want to hear about you. By the way, I don't want to hear. You know what? You know. I mean, Harry. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to hear what Reinhold's thinking. Um, I guess you know. I mean, it's been brought up that I did do. I, I never defended the riots of the summer, right? I, any violence, I was always against any violence, but what I always tried to do was to kind of explain to people what those people who result, who, who enacted in that violence, what they were thinking, right? Um, to try to just, so can you understand what these people are going through? You know, I don't agree with what they're doing, but understand what they're going through. And I kind of think we have to do that with these people too, but also, I wonder if, in doing that, I start to give, you know, cover for that action, right? And and I never want to do that. So I think maybe I haven't been as vocal about the violent, you know, not supporting the violent actions as I should be. Right. I mean, that's sense. sort of the 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 third rail here, you know, like. In trying to explain the BLM stuff, I mean, there was one episode that I did where it was just me, if you want to go back and listen, where I tried to take video from all these different places and explain, like, here's this group and this group and this group, you know, and that clearly to people in the movement who disagree with me came across as, well, he supports this, he supports them. Like, the amount of people who've said to me, like, you supported the violence in the summer, I'm like, you didn't listen to a word I said. You didn't try to understand me. You're just trying to do some cheap political points bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know, 
and then the, the all the people that have we have gained over the the years who are kind of like I'm right leaning but I'm anti Trump or a lot I get a lot of liberals who listen to us now who are kind of like right on I I'm interested in hearing what you have to say like those people are now going why are you defending the rioters who who stormed the Capitol it's like no I want like you know it it's sort of <laughs> it's hard to have any nuance these days. Um, you know, I just think where I've come to, and maybe we can talk about how we move forward and what, how, what language do we use? What do we talk about? What, like where I've sort of come in plotting out the next couple months of the show and what I think my audience needs to hear and understand is first principles. First of all, not just first principles, like the non-aggression principle show or the rule of law show that we're going to do in the coming weeks, but an episode on mercy and grace and uh, the the dignity revolution. There's a great book called The Dignity Revolution. I'm going to interview the the host of that show. Um, and how do we relate to each other? Because anti-government libertarianism is sort of what I've always pushed, and that has gotten to a place where I see people that I would I would be right there with them if it hadn't been kind of like for a few other people pushing on me this past year, like the government did it. The government is the problem. And that is always the answer is insufficient. Right. And we've always kind of said it like too much change, not enough hope. The hope side's really hard. Policy is really hard, Harry, but like moving forward, we've got to dig into first principles, talk about how we relate to each other how do we build a world around private institutions and cooperation and lead the way so, you know, and, and do less of the, like, everybody knows that I disagree with the $2 trillion stimulus plan. We can talk about, like, all the ways that that is bad and all the problems with that, right? And we need to talk about the consequences. We will do a show on it. But that doesn't seem to be working right it's not stopping them it's not and it's not like and all it's doing is leading to a place where people now look at it and go well i believe in the non non-aggression principle which is that you don't initiate violence to achieve social or political goals people now look at those police officers and they go well they're aggressors and so whatever i do to them is okay like that the, the anti-government populist libertarian stuff that I've talked so long about and, and relied on as a crutch has led to people thinking that other, that people who work in the government are not human beings deserving of rights. Right. Well, that's fucked up, Harry. Yeah. Yeah. And it's completely effed up. We, cause to us, like, do you have, how can I put it? Like the thing, what I disliked about the whole like incident is like, it, l- let's say that you actually like, I think it would have been huge for Trump if he would just like took the defeat and then decided to uh, basically cultivate ways to come back and counteract, you know, and going back into states rights and using 10th amendment. But Hey, that's a huge like vial of like hoping someone would be a bigger man and do and actually could read something. But I think in like, uh, 
what these lockdowns just showed a lot of people is does rely on your community and the people that are around you. You you have a local sheriff or local police department that won't enforce the local edicts, so you can open up your business and get around with commons with common sense uh, steps to keep everyone but everybody safe. Your businesses would still be open, or you could just open it. It's one of those things that you could do peacefully to rebel against the system, which is more effective than anything you could do violently. Uh, I think, Chris, you have, on countless occasions, I've tried to remind people on how the civil rights movement in the 60s really got off the ground, really kicked it off, because it was showing black people and and people marching for the civil rights era getting attacked by fire hoses and dogs and not fighting back. That was huge of getting other people to go, okay, something is wrong here. But if they would have showed up with guns and fought back and had a quote unquote black war and had a fight with that, no, none of that probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah, it, this, this shows it's so counteractive and it's showing how, like, what, why that was, why that would have been a wrong step. Violence of any kind just it makes people recalcitrant. They just dig into their positions and they don't move. Um, yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I like like the. But the media stuff and but the left stuff, uh, you know, like that's like when I look at the um, the censorship, like there's very real problems with this. But like I'm mm-hmm. going to talk about it in a way that is honest instead of what people what tickles people's ears, which is they're coming to get you. They're trying to ban you from the earth. Like maybe we're at a point, Harry, where we are so addicted to social media that the threat of being deplatformed from it makes a person feel like they will be removed from the existence of society and they need to start a civil war over it. Maybe that's a really destructive piece of equipment in, in society, Harry. Well, yeah, be, be, if, cause these, a lot of these tech giants, this massive, uh, control by uh silicon valley right because a lot of people, they have no idea what the internet is to a lot of people. The internet is, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, that is it. They lose these platforms. They have no idea what this internet box can do or what it's meant to do. So to them, getting the platform and kicked off that is just like if they lost their AOL service in the 90s. Uh, this past week has been – I've been inundated with talking with people, people contacting me and – I think like I was talking before the, the the show was talking about like the idea was like it's that I like that scene in Die Hard when all the stuff is going on and the at, you know in Nakatomi Tower the police everyone's driving by not nah, nothing's going on nothing's going on and something finally gets chucked out the window and land on the cop car and go welcome to the party pal welcome to the secret wars this war has been going on for the last twenty plus years on the internet of trying to keep the internet to open and free place we have talked about and ranted about how the internet and a lot of these tech spaces are controlled by tech giants and by with a switch can completely denigrate and destroy everything you've ever built for and everything you've ever knew and everything you've used or know how to communicate with people can be gone overnight at the whims of people you have never met right it is the worst type of control uh, from government that is put into this awful corporatist oligarch that sits in silicon valley so what do you do about it i mean do you do you like like you know, my business is somewhat tied to this. We've built escape hatches. I saw what happened to Alex. Uh, really, I saw what happened to Austin Peterson. Uh, you know, AP was the canary in the coal mine that they were going to start acting against, you know, not just the right. Because I will tell you, like, 
left groups that I'm in, Ryan Lindsay tells me all the time, like they're taking politics off of these platforms. They're not taking just the right. Like it's the, the victimhood is sort of part of the fear stuff that feeds into the, to the narrative of the right. But like, I genuinely think that people, they, they are miserable going on Facebook. Facebook understands how much you hate going on Facebook and that you're addicted. And so they want to clean up Facebook. So you have just nice, comfy photos of your family and friends on Facebook and that's their right. Mm -hmm. But they're also, incredibly powerful and have helped destroy the traditional media models because mm -hmm. people don't buy ads on the newspaper and they don't they they don't buy ads on media they don't as much as they used to they don't place classifieds the funding models all went away it's because everybody's on digital targeting and media and all that stuff um so they have a tremendous amount of power, but they're also like, we just played a video from the president. Like the president didn't need to tweet. We saw a video of him. I listen to Alex Jones every couple of days. Like we have access to information. We are libertarians loses a Facebook page, a Twitter account a YouTube, whatever you'll, you'll be able to find us, right? We will, we'll have some way to reach you. It will just be more inconvenient. So, but so like it's their property, it's their right to do all this stuff. Donald Trump was given lots of warnings. He didn't listen. There are consequences for behavior. So how do you reconcile that? Because that seems very muddy. It's not, it's like you're supporting property rights and you're supporting free speech and there's a tension between these two things and there's a war and I, like, help me break it down, Harry. What do I need to do? What do I do? <laughs> All right. So there's a like a uh, there's a lot. Uh, uh, and uh, one of the comments we're going to just read off like uh, tied up like, no, Alpha Google. Alpha Google or Alphabet slash Google. No, nah, there's they have been you were absolutely right. The the idea is to get the new politics off. Like CNN politics is fine. Right. You know, but the establishment politics is fine. We you have watched that happen on YouTube over time where they push those things onto trending and try to get right get rid of everything else. So you have to go forced to go somewhere else, you're forced to go to something else. And the other thing is they noticing that you're right. You hate going on there, but you also realize that some people, these certain people that want to talk politics, still want to do that. So and some of them are abhorrent a holes that make that they're just not like I don't want to be around on my block. I literally just in the process, we just blocked somebody from the Facebook page in the comment section. Yep. You know, like you know, poor Josh had to be sent back. Like it just you know because <laughs> I don't want to be associated. I have freedom of association, right? Correct. Like if you're not here in good faith, like we love Darla, Darla. Mm -hmm. beats us up regularly in our comment section on YouTube. But mm -hmm. she's here in good faith, right? So we can be friends. Right. You know, it's but if you're here just to be an a-hole, then I don't want you right. here. You know, but like uh you know, so again, how, I forget what I was talking about. So continue Harry, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> so like uh you're talking about like what can you do? Like, well, like it's well, this, one thing to understand that uh, the idea of getting the access to the internet, getting access to services like that is everyone's like, well, it's free market. You got the, it's it's the free market, but it really isn't. Not getting access to the internet hasn't been a free market really since the government started to control what airwaves, what's get laid on under the ground, and how things connect. Because you know it's. <sighs> going way, way too far to like that like i think even last night at liberty and chill you know everyone was asking me this question and i was like you know i'm not gonna go conspiratorial but we have to go actually back to tesla to actually explain why the internet isn't free and open <laughs> not because i thought tesla is going to make some awesome power grid it's just like simple fact that the fcc regulates how you send like things through the air 
you know that's <laughs> all right well let's stop there let's do a future show on it you gather your thoughts and we will talk about it because I'm more I'm interested in kind of hearing about the war that you're talking about and the free and open internet and how where it exists and all that stuff and explaining it to me okay Reinhold I'm sure you have thoughts go ahead um yeah the problem so a lot of thoughts I guess uh you could say um but on the specific topic uh, the internet when it first started was very wild west. Um, even more than the wild west was. A lot of people don't realize that the wild west wasn't quite as wild as, as it's made out to be in the movies and things. But it was really a libertarian environment where people were, I have my server and I can let you come on my server or not let you come on my server and I can block what you say or not block what you say. And people were very open to uh, engaging other people. Cause that was the biggest thing about it is that it, at the time, getting to know other, th- um, societies, cultures, e- even talking about, like, if I live in a country, um, in a very isolated area of the country, uh, I can interact with somebody from the city who has a whole different view of what reality is like for them or there's what society is like for them and that opens up um understanding of other people's thoughts and and you know you're not so isolated and siloed into your own little uh view of the world um that wasn't as easy to do you know i mean tv helped bring that along radio brought it along tv brought it along but the internet really exploded that so where you can have one-on-one conversations with people Completely different. I am making. I am making. Start to understand. I am making a living doing something that was not in existence twenty years ago. All of the work that I do for my day job, for my side projects, I'm doing. This industry didn't exist. The things, the technology didn't exist twenty years ago. You know, so it it opens up a tremendous amount of opportunity for very many people. Right, and the problem is though is that. It had, it came about organically. It wasn't planned. Nobody sat down and said, okay, this is what it's going to look like. Here's what the rules are going to be. Here's how people are going to operate. Uh, these are the limits. These are what's allowed. This is what's not allowed. None of that stuff was thought out because it kind of just came together. As soon as you had access to the, to the, to the network, you could put a server up. You could go to someone else's server. And you can communicate without anybody in the way. You know, it worked out. Everything was working out very well. Then the government got involved and wanted to put limits on what you could do here and what you could say here. And you can't talk to these people and you can't talk to those people. And and started trying to regulate the Internet. Uh, it changed the game, as it were, right? Because now you have people who are wanting to have that communication and now they're getting blocked by it. So they have to find a way around it. Well, then now they look like criminals to the government. And we're trying to figure out how to stop that. So now we've got FOSTA. And we've got copy protection stuff. And we've got all these new laws and rules and everything kind of regulating it. That is, I think sometimes it makes it worse than if you just let people self-regulate their own property on the Internet. Like if if... Facebook were just to say, okay, we're not going to allow any political speech on here anymore. People would go somewhere else and get political speech. Something else would pop up and it would work. But because government is in there kind of 
politicizing everything that's going on in this communication space, um, then it becomes more of a war. It becomes more of a, a us versus them type thing. It becomes, you know, where you put your flag in the sand. Uh, and it goes away from being, you know, I have libertarian people that I'm listening to right now trying to say that, well, since Facebook is a publicly traded company, they're not really private anymore, so they don't have private property rights, and they get money from the government. So now we can sell the tell them what they can do and what they can't do. Isn't publicly traded like, companies on like the stock exchange? Isn't the isn't the yeah, Dow, Dow Jones a private organization? Yes, right, yes, it is. But they hear the word public, right? So they're trying to justify going against the whole concept that libertarians have of private property rights, it, it, and that's how. That's how Democrats did this for years where they so, were saying so essentially, we have a right to regulate this and regulate that and right. private businesses can, you know, what you can do and what you can't do. The, the same people who are arguing that government shouldn't be able to tell a business that they have to make people wear masks are now saying, well, Facebook should do what I want them to do because they're a public company and therefore right. uh, we have that right. And so the that. message, it's, the message that you two are saying is forget arguing over whether or not Facebook has the right to do this or whether they should do it or not. It's we need to invest in new channels. And that could that be one of the benefits of removing people is that somebody like a, an Elon Musk will see the need for a decentralized something like Mastodon. And we need to invest in other channels that are are immune to being controlled by the government, things like you know the cryptocurrency, the blockchain, all that stuff, right? Is that the argument? Is that quit quit opting into this argument because it's really irrelevant? Spend your time trying to find a better solution that is more free. It's kind of like the anti-Trump stuff, where you you put so much focus on it that it becomes your 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 fighting point, right? Uh, we want to make Facebook free. Let's fight Facebook. Well, forget Facebook. Go go start your own thing, right? That's that's how Facebook got started. You know, they started their own thing. MySpace was the big deal at the time, right? Friendster was going on, and then Facebook came along. Let's get a new thing going. Let's make it better. And as more people start saying, okay, I don't like what Facebook is doing, and instead of trying to make Facebook do what I want them to do, I'm just going to quit doing it and go over here where they do let me do what I want to do. You're going to see Facebook react to that because that's how businesses work. Yeah. You start pulling your business away from them, they're going to change. And that's how you make change in businesses. That's how you, we talk all the time about, let's get rid, you know, at least I do. This is, this is my thought process is we get rid of government by putting something better in its place by saying, okay, we, let's, we want to get rid of welfare, but let's put up welfare programs that are privately run that are voluntarily funded. And let's use them to take care of people in a way that the government can't because it's all politics and who controls it and everything else. You do a better job of it and people will stop using government for that. They'll say, we don't need it because we already have this. But Harry, don't you end up, so you guys are arguing that these are government platforms, but they're not regulated by the government or don't, I mean, and don't you sort of end up with Gab where you, you end up with the worst people segmenting? You start a free speech platform, you end up with free speech people. They've been kicked off of other platforms because the free speech is too hard. Uh, They're too edgy. I mean, aren't you advocating for, you know, what do you, 
do you see the disconnect? Like, okay, well, this is the government-regulated internet. We need a free internet. But then you're also saying it's a private thing, and, and aren't you saying we end up with Gab? All right, so let's not poison the well with Gab. Okay, Gab is a free space is a free speech platform. At least they tried to, and they've been kicked off for a while. And they understood once they finally got the wool ripped off their eyes and actually see the secret war that they're in and started developing their own infrastructure because they saw what AWS and the other tech giants have done. Because you, it's hard to use their systems that they put in place because they make everything so easy. So even when you go to create your own platform. You can't use their underlying services because they, like AWS, benefits for Twitter and Facebook being more popular than your piece of crap. So they need to get rid of you. Right. You know? So like the yeah. and the idea of which I've shown, I've been trying to show people like you have to think to remember that like this old adage for some reason has just lost onto people, especially in tech space. And it's incredibly frustrating. The cloud is just another computer. The cloud is no different than the VMs I've got sitting over there in a the corner running on this server. It's just hosted somewhere else, and you don't have to maintain it. That means it is a computer somewhere. It's not just some unmogulous thing out there. So when you give your code, your, your your work, and you throw it over there in the cloud server, and you're like, well, they've backed it up. It's not backed up. You have to have your own local backup. You know, There's a 3-2-1 policy when it comes to backing your crap up, and you're responsible for your backup. Because if you had great backups, just like Kim.com and Pirate Bay, if they shut you down in one spot, you can instantly come back up. Okay. Yes, people, uh, because you've got to find a new hosting place. You've got to find these different things. It's, it is frustrating because all these people have been sucked in into that whole Silicon Valley, like corporate system that you're trying to get them out of it. You know, the uh, this the glitz and glam that the AWS makes everything so easy to make all those things easy. Ease of use is really the selling feature. Correct. And they so you don't understand how anything this is built. This is one thing like uh, I think I've I hammered you for years about doing stuff like that. And because I was watching you go down that road and it was kind of and and, uh, I I stopped, I kind of gave up. And I think like something happened and like I think it was the Austin Peterson thing that you noticed that crap. If I'm locked into these systems and I can't be agnostic and do what I want with this thing, they can flip a switch. My stuff is gone. Yeah. And no, I mean, my 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 solution has largely been like, listen, I mean, the the type of show that we do, the people that we are, the the. the journalism that we, t- you know, there's no doubt that I am uh, not an edgelord trying to seek the the boundaries of of the acceptables. But, you know, I'm not trying to set the index card on fire. Let's expand it to four by six. Like, but, you know, like I, I fully expect that these big tech companies, the first sign was taking that piece of journalism down, that piece of information yeah. off of YouTube. And then so now you're on their radar and then. You know, I had five dings on Facebook mm-hmm. last week for community standards in a single day, right? So mm-hmm. now all of a sudden your account gets flagged. And then, you know, there's no doubt that in a span of, you know, two to five years or whatever it may be, doesn't matter how middle of the road or, you know, centrist you are or whatever, they're mm-hmm. going to, they don't want you there. They're going to take you off. They're going to take my accounts. Like that's, I've accepted that, right? Like, so trying to, like, I play by their rules because I know their rules. I understand, but I'm also not like a, a, a an edgelord, right? So right. I, I'm in less danger than most people, but I, but if I'm right that their bottom line is hurt by politics at all, 
then it's inevitable. So I've got to diversify. And so what I've done is diversify into many different platforms and different ways. You can hear the show on multiple platforms. You can, so there's two email subscriptions. There's two, three websites. There's, you know, there's different web hosts. Like I've tried to build an octopus. That stuff is kind of expensive to do. Thank you, Wall Plus members. Um, but, you know, they're... There will come a point in time where they just go, I don't want you here anymore, and I'll go somewhere else, you know. But mm-hmm. now that I'm kind of watching, I'm going, is is Discord enough or Substack or, you know, these companies or, or, or my web host or some of these other things? You go, all right, I was right two years ago. When I said conservatives, you've got to stand up for Alex Jones. Libertarians, stop talking to me about property rights. You don't understand what I see, thanks to Harry, is coming. Because what we talked about at the time was you need to defend Alex Jones. The time to kill this is right now in its infancy. You have to stand mm-hmm. up now. And everybody just kind of went, well, it's Alex Jones. Fuck him. And, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to defend that guy. And, you know, I'll be fine because I'm Ben Shapiro. And then, like, two years later, they're taking all of this stuff down. They're deleting Parler. Like, Parler, you know, Parler now we look back and some of the hindsight and the reporting is, like, some of their tech was really questionable. Um, and from – but they they weren't, like, they shouldn't have been taken down, right? Just I'll right. say the same thing about Parler that I said when Trump tried to deplatform TikTok. You shouldn't do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they, you know, make them clean up the, the some of the stuff. But like trying to just eradicate someone's business with the power of the presidency or the power of basically AWS is wrong. Like all you do is just there's no reason for it. So right. so it is saying like, listen, I'm you know, I may not be on Facebook much longer. Follow me on, you know, even Minds or Parler or Substack or some of these you know, or, or a gab or whatever, is that enough, Harry? All right. So you've got to find something that's outside a lot of the systems. Email is great. Email is a protocol. It's old. Everything that's from old school internet days is hard to stop and hard to censor. So if it's, you know, possibly older than Ryan Hold, you want to do that. So that's <laughs> IRC chat and email. Okay. Those things are hard to stop. Horse, um, horse and buggies. You know, I mean, signal and right. signal yeah. and, you know, wire. Uh, what What is it? Uh, the six, six, Telegram, everyone, Telegram right, just right. deleted a bunch so of like, channels. Everybody's like, let's go to Telegram. And Telegram's like, nope, Trump channel's gone. Right. Te- uh, Telegram is okay. What's that? Definitely no. That's just and Instagram. That's just another thing of Facebook. Um, Discord is neat. I When I started the Discord channel, that was just to get wall patrons together to game on. The idea that I was go- like, I, one, it was going to last this long. Two, have all these people actually come in and talk. I would have done something else. I've never thought in my wildest years the Discord channel would get that big <laughs> or and have that many people and have that much content there. That would have happened. Oh yeah, I would have pushed this somewhere else. Which you I can still want to go and you can sign up for the because, you can sign up for the Discord at wearelibertarians.com. Yeah. Because at any moment that company can go through, take a channel out, take us out, just delete us. I've seen it happen. I've watched the um LRN Discord channel just poop. One day it's on my thing, and next day it is gone. It's how I was listening to LRN um, at work because I would just pop into the Discord channel and listen to their show and, and their audio channel. It was, it was awesome. It was nice. But boom, 
Ian's channel just gone, and they went to Mastodon, which Mastodon still isn't perfect. You can still get booted. Uh, like Mastodon does go to the yellow federated system, but if you can still be firewalled off from everyone on Mastodon. Um, but it's just having multiple venues and getting to different things. Uh, that's that's what's important. And take a quote from um, uh, one of the podcasts I like listening to, uh, Sovereign Tech. Um, all you guys are just now on to Signal and just now using it. Thank you. Welcome to 2013. Right, right. <laughs> Need you to catch up. <laughs> Thank you. But it's a start. I, I, all right. I'll, have some, I'll try to have some empathy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Thank you. That's the first step to realizing there's something else. Okay? You know what, Harry? Uh, Reinhold, when you hear Harry talk, it just is so depressing. Give me some hope. Like, is everybody just going to be banned from the internet? Is it just all all anti-government talk will be gone? No, because what's going to what you what you understand at some point is that okay, Facebook is making a lot of money because they're a big business. You are the product, right? And that's a good thing and a bad thing. the The bad thing is is that you're being used, your information is being used to sell you things, giving you ads. That sort of that's you're the product. That's what they're selling to the advertisers. That's their business model. That's why they give it to you for free. But if they kick off enough people and ban politics where it becomes not as much fun to go on anymore and something better arises out of it, they're going to lose money. They're not going to be able to pay, you know, they're going to go out of business, just like MySpace got out of business, got sold, bought, sold, bought ever since then. So the key is understanding that the individual people still have the power in these businesses. The businesses are people are like these powerful businesses are telling us and dictating to us. They can't make you do anything. You can walk away. And if enough people get banned on Facebook, then Facebook's not going to exist anymore because they're, they're, they're getting rid of the product. So I, I believe that Facebook's going to be very judicious in, who and what they ban. They just want to go anything that's like way out of bounds. They're not just going to start banning random people. They're not just going to start banning politics altogether because they're going to see a drop in their numbers, very substantial drop in their numbers. They're going to lose money. Shareholders are going to be upset. They're going to sell all their stock. It's going to tank. And that's where the individual still has the power in all of yeah, this. Yeah, it's like, but, sort of like the impeachment argument if – what Trump did and what happened wasn't impeachable, then what's it for? Like, if you can't ban a head of a government that started an insurrection against his own people, like, then what's the point of have like, you, if you force the government and people force those companies to keep Donald Trump on their platform when they don't want it, it's, it's sort of like, what's the point? You don't have a free country. Uh, so I sort of get that. I don't feel. I feel. I feel bad for Parler, and I have sympathy for them. I don't. I don't have a ton for Donald Trump, but you know the 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 people that get removed sort of know that they're getting like. I know I'm on the edge a lot of times. I know what. I know that I'm kind of using these tools to post about QAnon, right? You know, I know that YouTube is scanning the audio now because you mm-hmm. you can post a, this video and not post any keywords in the comment or title and they'll limit your video. So they must be doing some sort of audio transcription for that to happen. So, right. Like, so there's 
it's only a matter of time, which is why, you know, we're on Twitch and Periscope and YouTube and three Facebook accounts right now. Do I care about archiving the video? No, I don't. Or else we'd be on, I don't know, we'd find some, you know, we'd be on Pornhub. But... Uh, <laughs> well, we 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 could yeah. local host it. We could just right. set up a NAS somewhere, not not at your crappy internet house. Maybe like Ryan was right and archive it down there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but let's but let's also be honest that Trump broke the Twitter's TOS a long time ago. Yeah, they were okay? patient with him. Let's not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's not get around. Like let's all this bullshit about let's enforce the rules evenly and they need to be clear about this. Like, please, you know, Donald Tr- Donald Trump got away with it because. Jack Dorsey and Twitter constantly said, exactly, their stock dropped like $4 billion. And Jack Dorsey basically said, like, this is public interest. But once you're not president anymore, and like, let's again, go back to like people who are in an uh, opposite position of you. Let's think about how they think, put ourselves in their shoes. Like if you are a, a liberal elitist in San Francisco and you believe that Donald Trump represents the greatest threat to the American people in the history of ever, like, and they're using your platform to foment a revolution. Like, wouldn't you make the choice to take that person down when there's probably serious, credible threats that violence is being plotted for this coming week? Like, the what if you are if you are the business owner and you just saw what happened at the Capitol, and then all these people on your platform are saying, "Yeah, we're going to do it again on the twentieth, but bigger." And you're getting information from the security state that they're going to use your platform to make it bigger and it's going to get worse. And then something on the 20th happens and you didn't act and you did nothing. What happens to you then? Right. So it's like it where I look at it and I go, I guess they didn't act irrationally. But what they didn't fully understand is that became the Reichstag fire to the to the to the QAnon movement. It it by acting, you increase the chances of something happening because the persecution that these people feel seems realistic now because they have a direct evidence. You have people losing the We Are Libertarians Twitter lost a thousand people, you know, like and we're not followed by a lot of like crazy people. You got people like some of these conservative commentators losing tens of thousands of followers. Okay, well now you've just pushed them into silos, into encrypted channels, into a less of a chance where they're going to be checked by other people and you've made a lot of it worse. So you, you know, that's an impossible position. You either make it worse or you are complicit and, like, there's no... I, I don't want that job. I mean, fortunately, I just get to bloviate on the internet here, but uh, I, I see that choice and I go, that probably, you know... And then people go, collusion. They colluded with each other. Like, who understands the challenge that Mark Zuckerberg has better than Jack Dorsey? Right? Like, I'd I'd email Jack. I'd be like, hey, bud, what's going on? What are you thinking? So there probably was some level of coordination between these different groups. Now, did they all act in concert? Like, Amazon was apparently thinking about taking Parler down for months, right? And we know that it was motivated by their politics. It was not motivated just by... They found a reason, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these companies act all within a 24 hour period so they can get their name on the press releases. So when CNN puts up 
Trump removed their logos up there because the PR department doesn't want to get missed out, right? Like it, it's, I view it less as like collusion. I'm sure maybe some collusion happened, but it's more like groupthink and group action. Like we need to look right to the right people and let's ban him all within 24 hours. So you're saying we should have banned him? No, 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 no. Harry, make no mistake. We are libertarians. Permanently banned him that day. I made a statement on Twitter, and I am pissed that MSNBC did not put our logo up there. Donald Trump was permanently banned from the We Are Libertarians network. And and we talk about it all happened in 24 hours. Remember, there was a thing that happened. I mean, they were responding to the same. They had the same response that we were having of, holy fuck, what is going on here? Right. So I think that they, you know, you can say that there was some coordination, but I also think that it was a, a, a collective, holy crap. Yeah. We've got to do something now. That was a, I mean, this is what happened at the Capitol is not okay and not normal. And people who think it was a stroll through the Capitol and just taking some selfies in, in the speaker's chambers, you're, you're a fool. Like you're not, you're not paying attention to what really happened. I mean, you're, you got to stop reading the Epic Times. All right, well, we got to wrap up. Final thoughts, Harry. <laughs> All right, so if you're taking a leisurely stroll through the Capitol, uh, don't forget beforehand, uh, download Tor. Download Tor right now. Download Tales. After this show, please download Tor. Please download Tales. Use Tor regularly. Tor stands for the Onion Router. The Onion Routing is a really, really cool, neat tool to try to surf the, the Internet. You know, honestly, you should use it all the time. Even though, even though you may say I have nothing to really hide or do something on the with the quote unquote dark net, go ahead use Tor because there's probably something around you that actually needs to use Tor to do something to whistleblow, and if you're not using it to give cover to that person, well you just screwed him over or her over. So please use Tor. Help 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 disguise people because if they can find someone out, then they can and then they will and. It's going to be bad. And then Tails. Tails is a great operating system. Have it on a USB drive. Tails is a Linux OS that takes uh, that will boot up the OS uh, on a on a computer that will give it give you some pseudo anonymity on the computer. So it's a new OS every time. It doesn't save anything. So once you're done with your system, you do- uh, if you turn it off. Everything goes away. And when you boot up it again, it's uh, it's brand new again. Have the USB on you. Someone might need it. You might need it. So please download Tor. Download Tails. Use it, please. You know. Final thoughts, Reinhold, or unless you were, are we done? Oh, I'm done. Yeah, unless you want me to go into explaining what Tor is for people, but I can go, do that go ahead. Go ahead. All right, we'll allow two minutes for the nerd. <laughs> All right, so Tor or the Onion Router protocol, what it does is tries to hide where you are with it, where your internet packet started at by going through, by going through many different or hiding under different like layers of an onion. So your every user and end nodes uh, nodes on the onion on the onion path. So you can may start here in, in like uh, let's say Indianapolis, but your end node point might be you know. Austria or uh, Luxembourg, because that's where you came out from. And but so it's everything's hidden in that path. So that part where you see in the movies where like he's hiding his internet connection between five different VPNs. Bullcrap. Anyways, one thing that kind of works is with the onion router. But that system only really works if there's lots of people using it. If there's not a lot of people using it, well, it's easy to try to find people. And the main way they find people using Tor who are whistleblowing, which in 
which if we're getting the Obama administration back, this is the administration that has prosecuted more whistleblowers than ever than like than ever before. You, this system needed to be back into place and be re-strengthened. Not saying Trump didn't prosecute them either, but I'm just saying this system needs to be strengthened because th- there's going to be whistleblowers, and we're going to need them to have the cover and the uh, and the confidence that they can get the information out there and not be found out. So please download Tor, use Tor. I, I will have to say that once you've downloaded Tor, you are on a government watch list. But hey, what's the point if you can't be on a watch list with your friends? Not just a watch list, but they are actively watching you because the government has access to Tor now. They've always like, they've helped develop Tor. They they have access to Tor, but they try to discover endnotes. But if there's tons of people on it, it really doesn't matter. They can't do anything because yeah, the they more, the can't. more endnotes you have, the bet, the harder it makes it. Correct. I said yeah. I used to say that all the time. The more endnotes you got, the harder it gets. Uh, Reinhold, final thoughts. Final thoughts. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up, I was talking about earlier, is that. Uh, a lot of propagandists will use hate and fear as a, an emotion um, trigger point to try and, and get into your mind and get you past the critical thinking and the logic and reasonability uh, that most people try to have. The answer to that, as I've been thinking about it, is another emotions that are just as strong or possibly stronger, and those are empathy and love, right? So uh, there's a famous saying uh, anybody who's uh, a geek or a nerd will understand where this comes from. Uh, but the saying is that hate is always stupid. Love is always wise. And I really believe that that's kind of how you should be looking at your fellow people, uh, the people in your society, the people in your, your neighbors, uh, your enemies. Everybody is still an individual trying to make their way through life and do the best that they can do. So just give them some empathy, give them some understanding Call them out when they're wrong, but don't do it in a way that prevents the ability to reconcile and make that uh, relationship still whole again. Yeah, that that chance is there. I have a couple books for you. Um, I'm making, you know, every day we've got a book recommendation up at libertyexplained.com. Uh, as well as a new post every day, along with the podcast that you can subscribe to, libertyexplained.com. And uh, the book recommendations that I'm going to make on the next two, uh, mute yourself, Reinhold, are Eric Hoffer's The True Believer. Uh, It is about the power of mass movements and uh, nationalism, and it's a very good book. If you want to understand the QAnon person, and why people are doing what they do and and uh, why they think what they think. The other one is Charles McKay's Extraordinary Popular Delusions and the Madness of Crowds. This was written in the 1800s. Have you ever heard the tulip story about how they, everybody invested in tulips and it all fell apart? Uh, this is a great book to help you understand and see historical examples of Madness of crowds when people like I, I don't know if any of you have ever been in a, in a situation where I was in a situation where went to the 2018 convention, the Libertarian Party convention as a reporter sitting in the crowd with all my Indiana friends. There's a debate between Joshua Smith and a Libertarian Socialist. I was definitely not on Joshua Smith's team, but the second that uh, the Matt Cuneal shouted out rent is theft. The crowd went nuts booing him, and I snapped too and realized this objective journalist was screaming boo at him too. 
And I realized, like, wow, I was just, like, really carried away with what was happening. Uh, it's, it's a lot easier than you think. Uh, the other one is called, and that is Charles McKay, uh, Tillman Allert's book, The Hitler Salute and the Meaning of a Gesture. And I think it's important to understand in politics the importance of gestures and slogans and uh, the the like the little signals that people give. You know, some people call it virtue signaling. Some people call it dog whistling. You know, these little tools that people have in political movements to not just identify who they're with, but also who they're against. And uh, this is a really, really good book. Um, yes, and the great Laura says, and courage. We need courage to fight the fear-mongering. Courage is really, really important. And uh, I just appreciate everybody listening. Please, if you enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends. Uh, we really need your help in sharing these episodes and getting this information out. We put a tremendous amount of time. And the way to reward the the aha moments and the benefit that you get from listening to these programs is by sharing it and then also joining wall plus at join wall plus. So uh, just again, the Hitler salute is the book for Joey and Kate extraordinary popular delusions and the madness of crowds and the true believer. Those are the books. So you can find book recommendations at Liberty explained.com. I make one every single day, have a full year of them that you got, uh, that you can go check out. So just trying to get you educated so you understand your world a little bit more. So thank you so much for listening to this, the, the Chris Spangle Show on the We Are Libertarians Network. If you enjoyed the conversation, please share it with a friend or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We will see you again next week. Hello. Hi.